Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that will not stand idly by and be threatened by other podcasts, something, something, you know the meme. This week on Heart and Hand, Scoopy Dunn, Ossichek next. Welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers Podcast. My name is David Edgar. I am your host, and I'm joined this week by uh, two of my fabulous pod compatriots. First of all, the wonderful Mr. Ian Hogg. Good evening, David. Good evening, everyone. I'm making his season bow. It's our tactics expert, Mr. Adam Thornton. Good evening, guys. Quite a lot to talk about. Um, kind of wonder how we used to get by with just one pod a week in the old days. <laughs> Okay, um, when I came to look, I was like, "God, Scoopy was last Tuesday." But uh, yeah, we we have to go all the way back then. Rangers heading over to North Macedonia, and first things first, um, because we don't you know try we we don't sweep things under the carpet in this side of the city. Um, that prick with the racist abuse to the wee girl should not be allowed to be put forward as the representative of our support. Uh, I thought that, you know, the guy's obviously a disgrace, total wank, um, but the glee with which the media fasten onto this and go, oh, look, this is Rangers fans, while ignoring the literally dozens and dozens of clips of the same family having a whale of a time with Rangers fans tells you something about the agenda. Yeah, it does. Uh, first and foremost, if you're going to go and see Rangers I think you've got a responsibility, a responsibility to Rangers. Yes, you're there on your own dime, but don't prance about in a fucking Rangers scarf and pretend that that you're representative of our our club. Absolutely no chance. Like you said, David, there were scores of videos of said family having a whale of a time little kids up in shoulders and all the rest of it. At the end of the day, uh, big bad rangers, uh, racism, sectarianism, call it what you like, it sells in this country. There's a there's a, a real appetite for bad rangers and a real appetite for negative stories. It's quite ironic, Adam, that the people who do it are the ones who, for certain sections of society, will quite rightly say, 
Now, look, you can't, you know, you can't use the actions of one or two people to represent a whole community. Yet with us, they not only do that, they actually go actively looking for the worst examples um, of it, and which this guy would fit into. Yeah, I think if you look in, in any support, you'll, you'll see things like that. But yeah, we do seem to get our our fair share of bad publicity from it, and um, I'm not sure it's it's relevant to the good that we do. Like you said, we've all seen all the videos um, of. of the family and indeed lots of Macedonians having a, having a whale of a time, but none of that seems to get reported. It's just always the negative stuff. Yeah, and I, I think that's what frustrates after a wee while that you know what the agenda is, and that's not in any way, shape, or form to defend this cretin. Um, who not at all. I agree with Hoggy entirely. I think you are representing the club, and we want to we want to put our best face forward. But again, there's also aspects to things like that like this is a societal problem this is an educational problem in Scotland but we don't it's easier to just say no it's not it's just Rangers fans or scumbags it's a lot easier to do that than to say well we've got this is where poverty lack of education and alcohol abuse mix it's easier though to say no it's not it's just Rangers fans and look here's a flag so uh Moving on to uh, away from that, but like I say, we, we address stuff. You know, we don't, we we don't, we're not uh, uh, possessed of an enormous brush. So moving on to the match itself, Rangers two 0 up from the first leg against FK Skupi, and uh, went into the match. I, I, I thought quite confident. Never at any point did Rangers look as though that we were in trouble and we were going out. Nor, and this is not a controversial opinion, and it was one shared by the manager, did we ever look like scoring, Hoggy? Uh, no, I think conscious or unconscious safety, I think was the uh, probably the words I would use. I fully expected, and I think the manager and the, and the team did, I fully expected Scoopy to come out the blocks and really have a major go as a prolonged attempt a prolonged period of pressure to, to get a goal. Um, the, the the local journalists were effectively talking them up that way and, uh, the day or two before. Um, Stephen Gerrard batted that away, so I really expected it. And it never came. So first half, we almost... It was almost one of those games whereby we played within ourselves, expecting something that never happened. Second half, we came out a little, but... It was a drag to watch, um, but I'm glad we're through. Oh yeah, look, uh, I said to someone after it, I will take kind of uh, success, comfy boredom, ahead of utter fucking catastrophe, which is what we saw last year. I certainly felt a hell of a lot worse after last year's first round tie than I did after this one so no absolutely but Adam tactically I thought we started slightly different with what looked to be a 4-2-3-1 but very quickly whether by accident or design went into uh, the 4-3-3 that, we, that we'd seen the, the, the week before but with the main change being Jamie Murphy seemed to be more central Yeah I think uh, Gerard had spoken about the need to be a bit tighter uh, away from home um, which is welcome I think after the last couple of years um, but it was like that it, it was a, a kind of deeper it was very similar to, to last year's um, formation I would say it was a, a, with the, the deeper two and then you had Murphy, Windas and Candace behind Morelos all kind of interchanging I thought Murphy started quite well but then was very poor um, 
kind of strangely as we kind of come back into the game he seemed to drop out of it a little bit um, but it was it was a more cautious I think we'll say performance and, and as you said David if we've, if we won 2-0 in the first leg I will take that um, that result and that performance every single time for a second leg We were I think struggling in, in certain basic things lads that was a bit disappointing which was again I didn't think our passing moving forward was, was crisp at all uh, too many guys caught in possession and still and I think that this is going to be a challenge or one of the challenges for Stephen Gerrard and his team is to coach this extra touch out of them because this is something which obviously given you know the criticism and the bad results and whatnot has crept into their play a little bit and it's understandable for some of the players but they they do it so often where and we we spoke about it for the home leg and we spoke about how you know at times Michael Beale in particular was was openly uh, his body language was openly frustrated at it. It's something that that we seem to do quite a lot, Hoggy, where guys want that extra touch or they turn back for the safe pass. Is that confident? I would have thought so. I, you know, I I think it's genuinely David a hangover from the back end of last season. Uh, and also this time last season when we didn't go <laughs> things didn't go according to plan against Progress Niederkorn. Um so and and given, frankly, you know, the, the, the midfield and the forward line are pretty much the same. So I do think it's confidence. Um I'm hoping that, that uh, a few good results and that will start to address itself. If you look at the second half against uh, of, of the friendly match against uh, Bury that we played, that, that extra touch wasn't there. No, it wasn't. Especially, especially in the last half hour because they were confident because things were coming off for them. I think such was the expectancy at Ibrox in the Scoopy game. And then that second match, that it was almost just a safety first was the order of the day. So... I think, you know, you look at the defence, the defence is almost wholesale changes, four out of five changes in the, the, the keeper in the back four. I thought they were very, very good. But certainly that second leg, the midfield and the forward line, exactly the same as last year. So I do think it all stems from the last two months of the season and even back to progress last year. Yeah, Adam, this is something that that we and other Rangers fans have been saying, going, I was going to say back to, to Marty, but probably back to Kashinya as well, that this Rangers team, and there's still quite a few players you know, from that era, they are better when they play at pace. They are a significantly better side to watch. They're more dangerous. It just seems that whenever they're not quite at, or they don't feel quite at the top of their game or top of their confidence levels, they sort of retreat into this safety first, extra touch, turn inside, keep the ball, um, anodyne sort of style of play, as opposed to, how uh, you mentioned there, the, the Berry game, and there were, were certain times last season where when they, they feel confident, they try that stuff a lot more. It, it does seem to be a little bit, but, but I mean, they must know that this, the manager doesn't want that from them, he doesn't want them sterile possession, he wants them trying this stuff. So, is the onus then on the players? Because the manager, I don't think, could have made it much clearer that I don't want that, don't do that. I think it, it, it stretches back further than that. I, would, I can remember more than a few Warburton games were the same, with, with the kind of safe possession when, when he was kind of more about, it was possession-based, but he wanted it forward at pace, and, and it's, it's transferred through to Cushinia, to Murray and, and Gerard. It's a strange one, because like you said, there's, there's loads of players in there that are, that are comfortable with that. Um, Murphy being one, um, 
Windass probably as well to a certain extent um, but it doesn't seem to be happening I, I think it, it, it is a confidence thing I think we've seen quite a few of those players have got heavy battle scars from, from last year so when it doesn't happen um, for them immediately um, I think their confidence will, will start to get knocked and I think it will take more than two or three weeks of training to, to get that back from them um, I still think as I, as I did last year that the, the midfield is, is more of a problem than than the, the forward line itself um, but we'll, we'll come on to that I'm sure Well we might as well go there now I was going to say the two main talking points that I gathered from you know social media people talking to me my own personal opinion I've got to say was defence quite happy with that looking quite good and we'll come to that yep. in a minute because you know praise praise where it's due I was like yep good like the look of that and okay there's things you want to see improve but second game in no that'll do me before new players but up front I thought and this is not me being controversial I think Stephen Gerrard said it himself the, there was no quality at all um, middle to front and the amount of good situations you can't call them chances because we never manufactured the chances but the amount of good situations that we absolutely failed to take advantage of was so bloody frustrating Yeah it was I think I think you're right I think cutting edge wise we're, we're not there Um um, but I, I think I think that will come to to some of the players. I'm, I'm less con- I'm less confident it will come for for some of them. Maybe like like Windas and Morelos. I, I happen to think that they are. This is just the type of players that that they are. But but someone like a Murphy or even a bit further back and an Arfield will, will chip in with a decent amount of goals. But um, it wasn't a very good night um, in front of goal at all. No, I mean Hoggy, the the three front players had. Yeah, really bad matches, let's be honest. Credit to Josh Windass, who twice, and this is what he, he can give you, it's why Josh is so bloody frustrating, twice nearly manufactured something for himself. Um, you know, he, he wasn't reliant on the, the players behind him in a way that maybe Morelos is, uh, or even Murphy, to get the ball up to him. He just went and got the ball and, and almost made something happen. But then long spells where he wasn't in the game or was taking the wrong options. Morelos, I thought, was awful. And... Uh, yeah, watched the game twice now. I just think he had a really bad night. And as Adam said, Murphy, I thought it started okay and looked. I thought, oh, he's in the mood tonight. After about ten minutes, I, I was actually was pretty keen. I had him for first goal scorer, so pardon my frustration. But um, I thought he was in the mood and he just completely faded out of it. And the manager backed them, but warned them, if that makes sense. Where he said, I think that the those goals in that dressing room, but. <laughs> if we continue to play like that I'll need to look at it so it's clearly something that's on his mind yeah I think first and foremost one of the one of the things the the first two or the first three games if you include the friendly have shown because Candace has been playing in the middle of the park that's actually blunted a wee bit of our goal scoring chances what was the stat David that he creates when he, pl- when he played last season they created Two guilt edge goal scoring chances per game. Yeah, every, on average, Wait, every ninety one minutes, so just, just yeah. slightly over one. So, game. so therefore, if, if if we're playing him in the centre of the park and not out wide, that's going to limit our chances. But that's not an excuse for Murphy playing well for the first fifteen minutes and then falling away completely. I thought Windass was all right. I thought. If we compare him to the previous Scoopy match, he was night and day. But you know, he, he was he was all right, um, and he did probably more good things than bad. Morelos is becoming a complete conundrum. 
Um, if we play him, he can be worse than a man short inside the box. Um, yet his hold-up play outside the box is, is everything that was spoken about in the pods previously. He is a converted attacking midfielder, and it shows continually. He's obviously comfortable as a second striker, you know, almost holding up the play and creating the chances. But that instinctiveness, I don't think that's there just as a as a natural gift. Um, and there was a header in the first half that, um, you know, the ball's coming in. And even when the ball was going in, I was watching the game with my dad, David, and my dad said he's never scored in that. And, of course, he heads it high and wide. We need so much better from a goal scorer, from a number nine. We, we, we simply cannot rely on him scoring the goals that are going to take us to or, or take us into the domestic campaign, let's put it that way, because in the domestic campaign, if we're creating five, six chances, we need to score two or three of them to make sure that we've got the game put away um, and I, I fully fully expect Morelos not to play this week against the Croatians Adam, there are certain positions that you can't play yourself back into form and, and look, over and above the, the debate about Morelos, I know that some people think he's absolutely brilliant and just having a bad time. I know some people think he's rubbish and this is just, you know, an extension of that. I happen to think that he is talented, um, but he's clearly out of form, very badly out of form at the moment for whatever reason. There are just some positions though that it's difficult to play yourself back into form and the ones I would pick out would be goalkeeper, uh, centre-half or up front on your own, you know, not part of a two when, it, when you're leading the line because... There's so much expected of you. It's a highly pressurised role and any mistakes are so visible and usually quite vital to the outcome of the match. So I, I, I don't know what the right thing to do is just to say we'll play him through this and it will come for him or we'll sit him on the bench for a couple of weeks and but that then, you know, is Sadiq ready? It, it, it's, a real, it's a real conundrum. It is, and um, I take Hoggy's point about about him being a converted attacking midfielder is is true, and you can kind of see that. However, it's it's quite strange. It's as if in his in his head he wants to be a striker. The amount of frustration he gets when he misses a chance, it's like he wants to be one, but he must just lack the killer instinct that he needs to be the top striker that he wants to be. I mean, there's no doubt. I don't think there's any doubt in his desire. Um, playing him a little further back, I'm not really I'm not really an advocate of that. I think we need a bit more. He's he's I guess he's he's good at that as a kind of powerful attacking mid, if you like. But um, I, I would prefer someone a wee bit creative in there, as I'm sure you know. I, I think I think you're right. I think that that position is one that you just need to take them out the firing line. Um, for me, I think um, he will need to take a, a a seat in the bench for this week. I can't see if Gerard was fuming about him after the first game. Then I would imagine he's he's feeling even even worse after that one because he wasn't anywhere near it and I, I'm a huge fan of Morelos I do think all of this com- all the conversations that we have and we have we don't have any time for this as Rangers fans I get that but we do need to caveat the fact that he's 22 He's we bought him for a million pounds and, and this is kind of what you get for a million pounds and he has outperformed his money compared to um, pretty much any signing I would say that, we, that we've had in the last year you do need to caveat that but at the same time you do need to appreciate that as I've said on, on a couple of pods recently we're kind of getting a bit fed, of, fed up of projects and we just want someone who might not have the potential that Morelos has got but will come in and be a couple of levels above him ready to go right now that's I think where we're at with him 
And I think, uh, ju- just just on that, uh, Adam, I think we need to take the money side out of the equation for a minute because I think he's got caught up in the money himself, certainly from China. But the money that we spent for him, the first six months, he looked like a revelation. The last three months, he's looked like he's, he's kind of awkward Monopoly playing twin brother. Yep. And, you know, so so we need to set aside that we've paid a billion quid for him or 800 quid, however much it was. He needs to set aside a Chinese team bidding multi-million pounds and dangling 40 grand a week at him. Yeah, I can't, I'm, I, I cannot, nobody will convince me that he hasn't fallen off a cliff since January because up until then, yes, he went through that period where he wasn't scoring, but he was always dangerous. He was usually good. You know, you do, listen back to the pot. He was usually the one you go, well, you got Shifty Alfie, he's hauled up play. But since then, and other people might point to the miss against Celtic, which is a fair point, but nobody will convince me that his head hasn't been turned and deliberately by his agent. I just, I don't buy it. I think that they've got into the kid's head. I think that's right, David. You know, it's um, it's it's why I, I I'm I'm not keen to talk about Andy cost X and we could get Y for him. I simply either want him as a an asset to the team, back being a goal scorer, back being the guy that you could rely on. Say, you know, in in August, September, October time, we could rely on his goals. We could rely on his work rate. He either gives that or he doesn't. If he doesn't do it, he doesn't deserve to be in the team. And at the minute, personal opinion, I do not trust him to be in that team. Adam, I've liked the look so far of the defence. Caveat, again, that I haven't really faced an awful lot, and I get that. But also, you need to balance that with the fact that this is a brand new defence that's that's learning its trade together. I thought we saw a little bit in the brief times that Scoopy threatened. I thought we saw that Alan McGregor, what he can still do. But Goldson and Katic look, certainly so far, you think, okay, yeah, happy with that. Um, The bedding in is is going reasonably well. It is. It's it's actually ahead of schedule, I would say, as as far as no goals conceded. Um, Not not a huge amount of pressure, but we've not looked in in much danger. Um, Goldson looks a, a level above anything we've had. Um, and certainly in the last what, seven seven years or so, Goldson is definitely Goldson is um, whether or not it works out here, I, I don't know. But Goldson is a better centre half than anything we've had since pre admin, not even close. Yeah, and I, I have seen seen a wee bit of criticism about Katic, but I've not really seen it myself. I think he's been he's been fine. I haven't really noticed anything untoward. He seems quite physical. He seems half decent in the air when he's been tested. He just maybe. Has fallen a little bit victim to that comparison of he's just not quite been as pristine as Goldson, so people think he's a little bit further behind. I think he's been fine. Um, I also seen a little bit of criticism of Flanagan after the first leg, which I thought was bizarre. I think he has been exactly what you would want him to be. Um, he's a perfect foil for Tav on the other side. One goes, one stays. He'll more more often stay, but he can get forward as well. That that is part of his game, and he will make the. He'll make the left winger, whoever that may be, a, a bit better. Um, now, he's obviously two games and there's been three people in front of him, I think, so far in terms of changes, so that won't help. But he's one of those players who will make the left winger, if it's Jamie Murphy or, or whoever it is, better as well with his support play. So I think very very, um, very good from the from the defence. And it's interesting that it's took two games to sort of defence, but 
the same midfield is, is still still causing serious problems? I think, yeah, definitely going forward because I don't think we've got the balance right in midfield yet, Hoggy. But I would say that it, it can't hurt a defence when they're settling in to have two holding midfielders in front of them, which they did the other night with Ryan Jack, who I thought did all right, and Ross McCrory, who didn't have a good night, but still is able to you know, physically be there to block and screen and whatnot, more than certain other midfielders we've had would do. Yeah, who who knew that who knew that if you're you're potentially up against it or you're expecting folk to come out at you, who knew that going toe to toe with them in the middle of the park would be a good thing? Mm. Um I wonder if previous managers might want to take note for I think one manager who didn't believe that, but go on. Indeed <laughs> indeed. Um I'm not gonna name names, Graham. Um so that certainly helped, but the defence have been very, very impressive. I think the defence just as as a unit have been impressive easily, and I mean easily, better than anything we've seen in the last seven years. Um, and we've got a goalie, a centre-half pairing that I think you can trust more often than not. I think Adam's right. I Actually, you know, I've not seen anything from, from Katic that puts him in the dodgy bracket. I do wonder, I've always got this thing about centre-halves when they're massive and maybe quite young. They still look that kind of awkward, gangly way, David. That mm. you know, if, if they're up, a, if, if they're alongside who you might think is a more kind of pristine-looking guy defender, a bit more elegant defender, the awkward guy maybe looks that wee bit more awkward. Um, but I think they look the part. The two def- two defensive, uh, more 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 defensive-minded midfielders. That the trip line Jack was okay. Ross McCrory was average and needs to have a look at himself at other times but the thing, the thing I liked about Ross McCrory is he, he never had no he never does he's always, you get he's shift, always yeah. there yeah and it, it, it's more than a shift he was always looking for the ball as well he was always there to provide Ross uh, Ross Jack fucking again Hoggy uh, <laughs> Ryan Jack Ryan Jack with a uh, with, with an out ball um, and he was always looking for it even if he'd made two or three mistakes in a row and actually for a young, young player, that's a cracking quality yeah, to have. I, I, I don't expect the kid to be a first team, you know, to be a first team regular this season. I, I suspect Koulibaly will come in and take that role. But to see that after what you could argue was a relatively poor performance was actually quite heartening. Thank you. So the, interest, the interesting I, I, thing I, about McCrory for me, Hoggy, is, is that I completely agree with that, and I don't think we should see him as a as a first team regular this year. But I don't think that's a bad thing. I think the standard needs to be raised across the board. So he came in last year, and we were desperate, and he came in and he did a great job. Giving him this year as the first sub or the second sub that comes on in central midfield, and he gets half an hour here, half an hour there, will be ideal for his development. I think maybe filling in at right back every so often gives him a year of being part of the squad without the pressure of being the main man in there and, and that's right and I think it's about raising the standard if I don't particularly think that Ryan Jack is, is a great player and I wouldn't have him in my starting lineup. Um but if Ryan Jack then turns into the Andy Halliday of this season then that's an upgrade. That's a that's your your fifth choice central midfielder if you like that that's an upgrade. So I think that's I think that's a good point and I think it doesn't necessarily mean it's a detriment to McCrory. We a bit surprised, uh, just as an aside, uh, when we see Andy Halliday coming on in both matches with the news that Greg Doherty will more than likely be heading out the door and loan. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I was a little surprised at that. Yeah, I was. Um, Andy, there's, there's, 
there's few things in life that could su- <laughs> survive a nuclear blast. Cockroaches being one, uh, bacteria being another, and Andy Halliday, I suspect. Andy Halliday's um, Rangers career, more specifically, yeah. Well, indeed, I don't, I don't I, blame I, him. I mean, if I was at Rangers and had a contract, you would need a... <laughs> you, know, you would need a fucking chisel and a hammer to claw me off the doors to, to get I was going to say that, yeah, I, you know, I was going to say that. Fair play to the guy that, you know, a lot of us would suspect he would be moving on. There's six weeks to go or five and a half weeks to go to the, to the end of the transfer window. He might still, but fair play to him for hanging on in there and actually playing a role already under Steven Gerrard. I don't think Andy Halliday's the best footballer in the, in the whole wide world, but neither do I think he's the worst. And I suspect he's probably not an altogether bad guy to have around the changing room. No, um, I was just a wee bit surprised though with Doherty, who I think, but at the end of the day, I'm basing a lot of this on my hopes for him, I suppose, rather than what he can actually deliver just now, which is clearly what the manager is looking at. So, I guess, uh, I guess, David, you're going to have um, who does it, who would the manager and Mark Allen think would have a more prolonged first team Rangers career? I think the answer's got to be Greg Doherty. So, therefore, if he's not going to feature. You've got to put him out on loan and out on loan to a club like, well, whether it happens or not, Sunderland. That, that's that's got to be a good move. They'll be at the top of League One, a large expectant support. If he's play, if he goes somewhere like that and plays regularly every week, I, I I can only think that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Shame though, because as I say, I, I do like him, but I'm not going to argue receiving Gerard and Gary McAllister about midfield players. Uh, that would be, uh, I think, a fairly redundant position to take. So. Moving on then, lads, through it. Good, we know what it's like not to get through this round, so uh, no complaints from me either. And we then head into the next round, where we'll play on Thursday night. We're away to Oscek of uh, Croatia. They came through their first round tie uh, eventually. Not as easy as I think... uh, the, it, it was sort of predicted for them they, they struggled a bit but got there in the end Against F3 Petrol Cub I watched the match, Adam, or, or highlights of the match They look very um, They play a press They're very much physical I don't mean that in a motherwell way I just mean that they, lots of energy In your face, don't give you time on the ball Created quite a few chances Against Petrol Cub, didn't take them And that's what put them in, put them in a bit of bother But Knocked out PSV Eindhoven last year. Obviously, sides change over the course of twelve months, but no mugs. No, I must admit when I when I heard that, that I didn't follow the Europa League last year. I was absolutely scunnered with it. I think by the, the start of July, but um, as when I heard about the PSV thing, I was quite surprised. I thought that was that was a really good result. Um, I haven't seen. Um, much of the game outside the goals from from the other week, but from what I hear, the the two centre halves look look, okay, look quite young, but I think they can definitely be got at. I think that's an area that if we can if we can improve in this ten days or so that we've had on the training ground, um, and we can get someone in there who who can attack, I think that should be quite good. It looks like they they played a kind of bog standard four four two at home. Um, again, that could play into our, our hands if we have a a proper midfield three in there um, as well. So it could be interesting. I think. Um, we might see, I don't think Morelos will, will start, I'll be surprised at that, but I think we might see Windas uh, up front on his own perhaps, or, or at least at, at the tip of that, that triangle um, to kind of get at the get at the central defence. Yeah, uh, the central defenders, you say, they looked kind of all right. Um, they weren't up against an awful lot with no disrespect to Petrogub. Look, Rangers can win this tie, Hoggy. Let's, you know, 
it's very much I'd say I kind of pick him if you were a, a neutral looking at it because the the Croatians, as you might expect, have got a really good level of technical ability, comfortable on the ball, uh, organised, work hard, but they're not great. They don't possess, you know, something an X factor of well, well, they've got this dynamite player or, or this amazing pace or whatever. Uh, they they're a decent side, and you know we know that. If we don't turn up against a decent side, then we'll get beaten. That that we're not good enough to go in and play seventy percent and get past them. So it's it's down to what we do. I do believe if we if we do turn up and we have our key players playing well, then it's very much a winnable tie. We sh- so even with the current squad in let's call it let's call it a rebuilding phase. And as I say, five and a half weeks of the transfer window to go. I'm fully expecting David more to come in and more to leave. But at this point, with this squad, I'll I'll revert back to the we are Rangers mode. We should be looking to 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 beat this side. And I think with the current squad, we should be expecting to beat this side. The thing that that if if we go out, it'll be down to us solely down to us. Um, so I, I expect us to be going out and putting on a performance and bringing this tie back to Ibrox that, that's that's very, very winnable. Um, and I'm sure we'll come on to potential round three opponents. But with that draw today, you're, you're all of a sudden looking at, we, we have a path here to get us closer than we might have anticipated to the group stages. If we can't get by this side on Thursday and next week, then by Christ, we don't we don't deserve to be anywhere near the group stages. Yeah, the the draw for the next round was made, and it'll see us up against our old foes NK Manabor, who have a, a good side, a good European side. Made the Champions League, got obliterated in it, but they made it. And uh, if if not them, it will be a side from Georgia whose name I'm not even going to try to pronounce, Adam, because uh, listeners to the Patreon site will know that last week I was in hospital after uh, a very, very awful mouth infection, so I really don't want to end up back there. And I think it'll be Maribor anyway. But, again, you know, a tie that if it came about, you would think, OK, we have a chance. Probably wouldn't be favourites against Maribor, in, in all honesty, but we'd have a chance. However... We're not at the stage where we can look past anyone. I don't think yet. No, I think we're all. I think we're just a bit burned from last year. Um, I think uh, Hoggy's point is right. Be, looking at it on paper, we should be beating Osijek, and I think there's probably an argument that we should be beating Maribor as well. Given, I would imagine, um, looking at it from from wages and and spend and and all that sort of stuff. But it doesn't quite work like that, unfortunately for us. <clears throat> Certainly in Europe. Um, so I think yeah, we should be. It's a decent draw when you think of the the names that were in the the third qualifying round hat that we could have got, such as Feyenoord, Bordeaux, Copenhagen, even Olympiacos. I think were in there as well. It's a very very good draw, um, and you never know the Georgian team, which I'll give it a go is Chikura Saheri. Um, they might come up trumps, and it might turn into even more winnable. Um, part of me kind of in a bit of two minds. I think that. I, I would I wouldn't have quit, I wouldn't have minded a a bigger team that we could put ourselves against against um at, at this point just to kind of see where we were at. I know it's very very early, so what I'll say there is we can just save that for the the playoff round if we get a half decent team in there and see where we're at a couple of months down the line. Um, but it's it's certainly a very 
winnable four four fixtures, I would say. Yeah, it is, but again, there's no point looking ahead to round three or round four when we we're not in round two yet, or even close to it. You know, even started the started the climb yet. Hoggy Adam thinks Josh Windass possibly up front on his own. Um, heart and hands, Lasana Kulabali is in the squad, and as is uh, Umar Sadiq. So more options for the gaffer. It wouldn't surprise me because he said that Sadiq isn't quite up to the fitness levels yet. He's a little bit behind the rest of the team, as is as Kulabali. So it wouldn't surprise me to see those two start on the bench. But I wouldn't. Uh, be that surprised if Josh Windass was, as Adam said, maybe leading a front three with uh, Candias wide and uh, Murphy on the other side but then again the manager may decide, you know what Morelos, I've had a word he knows that it's been he's been pissed poor, I need his hold up play because Windass offers you the threat with his pace, his direct running but he doesn't quite have the hold up and the manager may feel, look in case we need to get out, I need to have someone there who, if the ball goes up to us, got a chance of sticking. Yeah, do you know, it's it's, it's a really tough one, and uh, and that's the day where Stephen Gerrard gets paid for. I'll I'll be in, in midfield. I'll, I'll be I, I'd actually be quite surprised if Koulibaly doesn't play, um, especially given it's an away match, and especially given how quite poor the midfield was although they were still looking for the ball they were they were relatively poor last last midweek um up front i would i do think he needs hold up play but i'll i i i really don't think morelos will play uh just given given the way that gerard and michael beale were reacting to him both at ibrooks and in their way leg uh, I, I think he'll drop out and I do actually think Sadiq will start the match even if he only lasts half an hour then Morelos comes on off the bench or Windas moves into that role um, I, so I, I do fully expect Koulibaly and Sadiq to start and at the end of the day the only way that they're going to get up to match sharpness is by playing in matches well, That is true, that is true so uh, we usually do predictions, but there's so many unknowns here. So I won't go for what you think will happen here, lads. I'll go for what's a good result for us over the obviously a three 0 victory, but um, a, a score draw, narrow score defeat. I think a score draw is a great result. Uh, I think I would take that right now. Absolutely, no doubt. Yeah, I would. I would as yeah. well, Poggy. Yeah, as long as we score, right? We score. Do, do I expect we'll cave in and lose three or four? No, I don't. Not with this defence, although Q is losing three or four. Um, but I, I'd be looking for us to score, definitely. I'd be looking for us to actually take in the game to them a little bit, get in the ball, get out wide. I would like to see Kandias that wee bit wider, David, um, because he does offer us that goal-scoring threat, uh, goal-chance goal creation, if you like. He does offer that threat. Um, I would. Um, I will give a prediction. There you go. I I, I think we'll win two one. Oof! This is on your happy pills this week. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's usually twenty two one against us, but no. No, no. Two one for us. Yeah. Um, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Okay. Just before we move on to other events of the last week, um, 
Epic Promotions are running a night uh, in October, Friday the 19th, at the Doubletree by Hilton Glasgow Hotel. Uh, a night with Rangers Legends 3, uh, featuring Arthur Newman, Ronald DeBoer, Georges Alberts and Nacho Novo. It's a pretty good lineup, eh, lads? Wouldn't you mind having a couple of them available for... <laughs> for Thursday yeah, night. big time yeah um, and we uh, have a chance for you to win a pair of tickets to this dinner and event all you need to do is go to Epic Promotions uh, Twitter page or Facebook page um, just search for Epic Promotions on Facebook or their Twitter feed is at Promotions Epic uh, they are the, the post at the top they are the their pinned post at the top uh, says we are delighted to be running a competition with heart and hand you just need to retweet that post and comment podcast so if you want to go along on Friday 19th of October and meet the Rangers legends and why wouldn't you quite frankly then that's what you need to do so get along there to Epic Promotion site retweet and uh, good luck and uh, we'll hopefully see you there on the night. So the other story uh, from last week that, that made the news was Hoggy, the intervention of Dave King, who spoke to the Rangers support with regards to his uh, uh, on on running battle with the takeover panel. And uh, it was another of these uh, slightly flowery worded Dave King uh, statements, but what, what was your take on it overall? Um, overall, I think end to end, he, he, he talked of uh, investment uh, within Ibrox and the, the Hubble Training Centre. He talked of the cost of manager and player turnover. He talked about Stephen Gerrard, and then he then he had just a pop at I think anyone who's ever farted the wrong way in his direction, mm-hmm. and it's. Um, I, I like this, actually, because for for, for way too long, um, anyone connected with Rangers, you know, it's the whole silent, stiff upper lip routine, and look what that got us, frankly. Um, and I, I've, I've advocated for, for long enough that when, you know, we talk about FDs or decisions or whatever, if we go after them once, it's brushed away as, you know, as, as a bit of, you know, grandstanding and nothing changes. Dave King is clearly riled from me with the whole uh, SFA charge thing. We've got his... Um, we, 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 he hasn't signed Craig Levine yet, which I find somewhat surprising for his uh, Dave King and Craig Levine no-fucks-given tour. I believe and, that Craig um, Levine's best hope of getting jobs these days, though, Hoggy, is to be the guy who's doing the interviews. Yeah, true. So, um, but... For Dave, Dave King on uh, earlier in the week, he he went into as a supporters update. He promised he would do one at the start of every every season. He's done it. He can say that he's done it, but he used it as a bit of grandstanding to have a pop at the takeover panel, the SAP, the Scottish press, um, and Mike Ashley. So it was a bit of grandstanding, but it was a it was from the horse's mouth grandstanding. And actually, what what it did prompt was it prompted just a little bit of a response, especially from Lord Bannatyne in the takeover panel. Adam? Yeah, I think it's clear. Um, that I thought, Hoggy, we covered in the Daily Update last week that it was quite a succinct message that he set out, um, basically stating where we're at. Um, and I think I think it's good to get that. Um, I'm interested, I mentioned on... On the update last week, there wasn't a lot of chat about Malcolm McLennan in that, so I wonder if, if there's moves afoot there for him potentially 
that coming to an end in, in some way or, or that matter. I'm, I'm interested to know what happens there, but I think it's a uh, it's good for him just to set his stall out like that so that we can clearly see where he's at with things and, and let him chip away at chip away at the off field things. Yeah, uh, it's very Dave King, isn't it? And some of it is is spot on. Some of it, as Hoggy says, is probably what's going through his mind at that moment. Uh, I've always been of the position that, that as a support, we can become too deferential to people in power. And that goes for Dave King as well. And we need to always watch and make sure that they're doing a good job. I don't think anyone should have a fixed opinion of a chairman, i.e. that he is absolutely a good guy and can do nothing wrong, or he is absolutely a bad guy and can do nothing right, which you do get as well. I think you just need to look at everything individually. I've been happier with the the manner that the club's been conducting itself over the over the last six months in terms of the way it's done business, in terms of the press relations, etc., I think that the club have shown an edge and I think that that does come from Dave King and, and I'm glad of it. But we, we have to be aware that he's he's not, shall we say, a whiter than white character. Would that would that be fair enough um, to say? And that there have been times during during his tenureship at Rangers that we've been unhappy with him. So I think it's, it's better just to judge any football club owner on a week-to-week basis. They make mistakes and they do good things and they do bad things and you've got to, you've got to be prepared to to look at that as I say I think a lot of people polarise very quickly and someone can either do no right or no wrong and I don't think that's healthy as a support I think that then just leads into arguments and, and it takes the focus of of what they're doing but uh, yeah but I must admit some of the statement some of the language does make me giggle because it's just it's almost his own language isn't it it's kind of like Dave Kingian that he that he speaks at times, so it, it can be quite quite amusing to to work through. Now, uh, players in, players out. Latest arrival: Adam Ryan Kent, a winger from Liverpool's youth system. Um, now, this guy's had a very interesting career already, um, because if you go to the Liverpool fan sites, message boards, which I did, they speak very highly of him. And if you go to Barnsley, where he had a loan for a season. They think he's wonderful, think he's a brilliant player. But if you were to go to Bristol City, um, and I must admit I didn't go to, to Freiburg's uh, in Germany because, don't speak German, we didn't win two wars for me to go and fucking read German, by the way. Um, but, <laughs> all joking aside, uh, the Bristol City fans were, uh, they were not complimentary about him. So, seems a, an, an interesting, an interesting signing. I mean, undoubtedly there's talent but it's. Are we going to see enough of it? It's just it's just hard to get excited about a twenty-one-year-old winger coming in. Although it's from Liverpool, I just yeah. If it if it if it comes off great, um, the loans don't the loans don't make it. Um, sorry, the loans don't really work in our favour, particularly in, in the wing. Um, I think we struggle in those offensive positions. Um, yeah, I would prefer if we were. I know there's cost that dictates it, but I'd prefer we were signing more experienced um, players up there with a bit more quality rather than what looks to me like a punt on someone that might be quite good. Um, but there's a lot of extenuating circumstances. Um, if this signing comes in to, to pad out the squad and lets us spend much more money, 
um, on, on smaller focused areas, then fantastic, I'm all for it. Um, we are a bit light on the wings. If he's a couple of levels below above Middleton, then yeah, sure. But I'm not majorly excited about it at this point. Coggy? I think if he's, if, if he's currently a one level above Middleton, then that allows Middleton himself to go out and loan and get week-in, week-out experience, then I don't think it's a particularly bad thing. What we shouldn't expect, in my opinion, is this kid to come in and be a world-beater because he's clearly not that. He's clearly a talented boy, but he's, he's done it at Barnsley. He hasn't done it at Bristol City, albeit Bristol City at the time when he when he got there. They're a very, very settled side and a very consistent side. You've only got to look at their, um, I think it was a League Cup run, yeah, uh, which which was pretty tidy. Uh, however, he didn't set the world alight there. Did well the previous season at Barnsley. That points to an inconsistent young winger. Um, if it's a squad filler, and as I say, allows Middleton to go out and loan and get week in week out. I, I'm genuinely more excited, David, about Middleton than I am about Ryan Kent. But as I say, if he if he can go out, I would rather he got week in week out um, game time, and we've got Kent coming off the bench, even if he's a level above Middleton. Then then I think that's that's okay as long as we're not breaking the bank. I think it's difficult to get excited about these these loan signings of youngsters for us, just because we've had so many of them and nobody's really set the the world alight at Ibrox yet. We've had some good starts. Um, Emerson Hindman, Sean Goss spring to mind, but it's it's petered out, which I suppose is to be expected of young players. You know that, that's kind of why they're out on loan to to allow them to to do that. So I think now we're at the stage where the fans are kind of waiting on someone coming in to either that attacking midfield or up front position that's a signing that you go right. He's somebody that we're hanging our hat on for for good or for bad, and I think the fans are are ready for that at the moment, but. I suppose the the law of averages suggests one of them's going to come here and tear it up at some point, right? I mean, we've had enough of them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, so uh, hopefully it's Ryan Kent, and uh, he'll be manna from heaven to the old guy who sits in front of me at Ibrox, who will, I guarantee you, his first match plays pass shout, we'd be fucking better off with Clark Kent, um, and is currently rehearsing that. Uh, I guarantee I will hear that four minutes into Ryan Kent's debut match, and then hear it another three hundred and six times before. Uh, Ryan Kent's loan spell ends so uh, I do have that to look forward to okay folks that's almost it from us this week um, I would just like to thank our executive producers in London Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Myers and before we go though just to point you in the direction of our Patreon site patreon.com forward slash heart and hand if you like this show you will love our Patreon site because there are three sometimes four shows per day on everything to do with Rangers, to do with current events, to do with tactics, to do with players, to do with old players, to do with famous matches, to do with famous teams. You name it, we cover it. Not just me, not just Hoggy, not just Adam. Um, around about 20 podders. So all different voices and so much content for just one ninety nine a month. Hoggy, I'm cutting my throat here, mate. One ninety nine per month. I'll, I'll take two, thanks. Um, well, yeah. But... Uh, Honestly, go please go and have a look. You'll love it. We've got over three thousand people there, and uh, like I say, if you like this show, um, put it this way: there's you you get twenty shows a week. If you like one of them, 
at 50 pence a week, come on, you're getting your money's worth there. So please keep me in the blue pounds to which I want to become accustomed to. Just time then to thank my two guests for this evening. First of all, the wonderful Mr Ian Hogg. As ever, mate. Enjoyed it, and uh, thanks for having me on. The spectacular Mr Adam Thornton. Thank you, always a pleasure. My name's David Edgar, and I will talk to you again this time next week. Till then, take care. Cheers. Bye. Podcast Network.